Uh, we're going to go into, any Joel's in the house? Yeah. Any Isaiah's in the house? So what we're going to do, uh, I, I couldn't quite decide uh, what to do teaching-wise, and, and I came with messages planning to do this morning and tonight, and I'm not doing either one. Um, <laughs> so, so I just want to let you know about the book Mind Monsters, that this is, I think I've written about 10 books. This is by far um, the highest selling, and I don't know why it just keeps on going, but it's been reprinted and done over and over and repackaged, and it, you know, it's just one of those that has a lot of traction um, and has for a few years, but, you know, I, I want to just tell you, um, somebody asked me, like, why did, what, what caused you to write that book on my monsters, and I, I said, it's because I have them, yeah. and, and so I'm saying that you know, to, to be honest with you, that all of us deal with fear and worry and guilt and negativity in various forms. So I just want to make you aware that if you're going through something or you know somebody who is, um, that's available. And then my daughter, uh, Jody, who's one of our campus pastors, she has two sons right now, and God just laid it on her heart to do something for kids, Mind Monsters for Kids. And so for all of you parents, I want to encourage you to check it out. It's got some cool stuff in it that the kids will actually love. You shine a light on the back, you know, of the page, like the phone light or whatever, and stuff lights up in the darker room, and it's just lots of cool stuff in it. Um, and then, and then um, I'm going to talk out of another book, and it's called Proving Ground. So we're going to talk out of this one. And I guess your core team with the new uh, campus... Has, has been going through a little bit of the proving ground. So everybody that would, say, my heart's open. Heart's open. My mind's ready. ready. I'm, here. I'm here. I'm glad I'm here. Glad I'm Make me better, God. Make me better God. By, your word. By your word. I receive it. I, receive I believe it. it. I won't be the same again. In Jesus' name, Jesus. shout a great big amen. amen. So in the world of business, sports, arts, science, there's something called the proving ground. And the proving ground is basically, it's a place where new products and new equipment, new talent, new theories get tested. That, that's, that's what it is. And, and the testing is for the purpose of proving the product. The test proves the, the strength of the product, the reliability of the product, the potential of the product. So the car that you drive, the appliances that you use, isn't it great to be, to be able to turn on a hairdryer and know it's not going to turn into a blowtorch? Because <laughs> somebody tested it. It's been, been tested. And the airplanes we fly in, Somebody say amen. I'm about to get on another one tonight, so thank God it's tested. And, and not just the, the airplane themselves, but the pilots who fly the airplanes. So none of us, if we were standing in the gate waiting to get on a flight, and they announced that the pilots have become ill, is there anybody that would like to fly and pilot the plane? None of us would, 
would get on that flight, right? Because we want people who have been proven. They have gone through a proving ground that has tested their skill, tested their potential. So in the same way as all of, you know, airplanes and products and appliances and so forth are tested, human beings also go through tests to determine who we are, what kind of character we have, what we're capable of, our potential. The test always asks a question. There's always a question to every test. Are, are you mature? Are you resilient? Things like, are you teachable? How do you handle disappointment? Do you get easily offended? So my goal in, in the book, my goal in the, in the Proving Ground book, is to help you recognize that every form, hear me carefully, every form of resistance has within it an opportunity for progress and growth. And I call these opportunities the proving ground. And I call the resistance that we face in life a test. Are you tracking so far? So the... The resistance that you feel when you start to do something good. I mean, there's verses in the Bible that when I would do good, evil is present with me. And, and you know, it's, it's like you're going to go, you're going to go get in shape, lose some weight, and somebody leaves the Oreo cookies out on the shelf. <laughs> First day, you know. You, you, you know what I'm saying. Like, like, like you, you get to the gym and, and you forgot your tennis shoes. Like, resistance, 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 resistance. And, and you're always having to push through something. Am I right? To get in to the next level of your life. Or to get where it is that you know you're meant to be beyond where you are right now. So... Here's what happens when a, a product is tested. It will do one of two things. First of all, if it fails the test, it'll go back to the level that it was. It's still a theory or an idea. It's not a proven product. It needs some work. It still needs some development. It still needs some adjustment. But if it passes the test, It'll be promoted. So testing always precedes promotion. You're going to want to write that down. Or Testing always precedes promotion. Testing always precedes promotion. I remember I was in Canada uh, preaching a, a couple of years ago, and I, and I saw an advertisement on the television screen, uh, a, a promotion for what they call bear-proof trash cans in Canada. 
So what they did is that basically to show you what they meant is that they showed you quickly on this commercial the, the average normal trash can loaded up with meat. And the bears come out of the woods. They put the meat out there. And they come out of the woods. They, they just take the lid off. They push it around. Stomp on it a little bit. Breaks open. They have lunch. And then they show you the bear-proof trash can. And they show the bears coming out of the woods. And they show the bear, you know, grabbing the trash can. Trying to open the trash can. Throwing down the trash can. Bouncing up and down on the trash can. Like bears, bears, bears. Pushing, shoving. Upset. Throwing it around. Moving around. Wanting what's on the inside of it. And then they're like, you know, it passed the test. And so before it could have the title of a bear-proof trash can, an actual bear, come on, are you, are you hearing me? The trash can had to face the bear. <laughs> so I want to give you some perspective on your trials. I want to give you some perspective on things that we go through in life. I don't know if they do this anymore, but um, when I was a kid, I mean, I don't think I've seen it lately on TV. You're watching, they still do it. Like, you're watching TV, and, and uh, I know most of us don't watch just TV anymore, but here's what would happen. You're looking at TV, you're watching your show, and all of a sudden, the show would be interrupted, and there would be colorful things go on the screen. And it would be, annoying, right? Like, you're trying to turn the thing down, TV down. And then there would be this voice that would say, this is only a test of the emergency broadcast system. If this had been a real emergency, blah, 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 blah. Right? Well, here's the idea that with the, this whole thing, this whole message, like if there's anything that could have a stickability about it, is if, if we could just help each other when we're going through testing and we're going through trial. Like if we could just help each other and, and remind one, like get, get up in your friend's face. Ah! That's about all you're going to have to do like from now on, right? Like this is only a test of the heavenly development system. Don't give up. Don't you dare stop. Don't turn around. <laughs> James chapter 1 verse 2 consider it a gift my friends when tests and challenges come at you from all sides can you actually read that like, uh, and look at that and think oh my god consider it a gift yeah that's what it says you know that under pressure your faith life is forced into the open and it shows its true colors don't try to get out of anything prematurely let it do its work so that you can become mature, well-developed, not deficient in any way. Whoa! That's not normally how we think when we're going through times of pressure. Right? Look a, a, a few verses later. Uh, James 1, verse 12. Anybody who meets a testing challenge head-on and manages to stick it out is mighty fortunate. For such persons loyally in love with God. And the reward 
is life. Somebody shout life. life. Say it again. Life, life and more life. What did Jesus say he came to give us? He came to give us life. And that more abundant. And, and I promise you, we've been married uh, 40 years. Right, Ben? 44? Four, no. Don't stretch it. 40, 41. We were nine years old. <laughs> I just keep trying to remind myself of what I'm sharing with you is that you never get beyond the place. If, if you desire to finish well, if it's in your heart to make your life matter and make your life count, if, if, you, if it matters to you that your children are on their course, your children's children are on their path, if it matters to you that when you breathe your last breath, the next thing you're going to hear is, well done, good, faithful servant. Like if that matters, if that matters, which I know it does, and I believe it does for most of us, if not all of us in the room. But if that, I'm just telling you, there's, you never outgrow pressure. You never outgrow challenges. And you never get beyond times of testing. So we got to get our perspective right. We got to get our attitude right. We got to look at this like the Word of God teaches us to look at it. That, that this is a gift, man. I'm actually giving you an opportunity. Don't get your head down. Don't get your heart down. And don't you give up. Because I'm doing something good in your life. Proving ground is a place of testing, and every test does have a question attached to it. So I want to show you the nine tests and the questions that they ask. The nine tests and the questions that they ask. Just look at them all. I'm going to hit a few of them as I'm able, but there are nine of them. Test of small things, motivation, credibility, wilderness, authority, warfare, offense, test of time, lordship, the way this works is you don't just take one round on this. I was playing a, a game with, on an on iPad with, with Kyan the other day, and it was, a, it was a word game. It was, you know, you spell, like fill in the boxes, find the right letters in the boxes, and it was a word game. And it was like, we, we, I thought, man, we're doing great. I'm just kind of helping him. And we're winning. We're going against the game. Well, we're, and, and I'm like, man, dude, we got this. We got this. And then and he announces to me, well, Papa, that was only level one. <laughs> I'm like, what, what, what do you mean? Like, le like level one. Well, no, let, let's go to level five. Like, from one to five? And five got harder. And I'm like, well, we're going to ten? Like, le level ten? Uh, yep, that's where we're going. I think we got to level 20. And we were both like, ah! Like it was crazy. And that's similar to what happens with testing. As long as you're breathing air, 
There will always be challenges. In other words, you'll come back around to some of the same tests over and over in a different way, at a whole new level, and your life will, can you pass the test? So what, what the idea is, is to tell ourselves it's only a test. It is only a test. It is only a test. It is only a test. I'm just saying it's a test. It's only, let's not stretch it out here and make too big a deal out of it. It is only a test of the heavenly development system. I'm not getting bitter. I am getting better. <laughs> I'm not getting weaker. I am getting stronger. So when you look at the nine test, um, it creates these opportunities for you to grow. It creates an opportunity for rewards and more rewards in your life. And thank you, Pastor, for what you said about us with 30 years. And I wish I could say, yeah, I got up every day, love my church. Not true. <laughs> like wanted to leave so many times. Been to Hawaii a few times, and it seemed like every time I went, the Lord was telling me I needed to start a church in Hawaii. Like, like just... And every emotion you can imagine over 30 years, uh, for, we're human, right? I mean, we're, and so, so every emotion that you, you I'm quitting, I'm done. Um, okay, I'm not going to talk to nobody about it. I'm going to write in my journal. <laughs> write in the journal, go back and look at it. I'm like, scared, because like, I was on the verge of suicide or something. <laughs> like, this is crazy, like the stuff I said. Like, in the moment, like, Jesus, help me, because right now I feel like I want to kill somebody. Like, it was, it was like, all of that goes in to your story. It's all a part. Don't, don't be ashamed of the battle. Don't be ashamed of the trial. But whatever you do, like, get a perspective on it. So that even when you're going through the most difficult time and you feel the worst and you feel like you're not going to make it, that there is a level of confidence, there is a level of truth, there is a level of faith that says, I know God's doing something good in the middle of this whole deal. And you have permission to be like, God, please hurry. Like, that's okay. It's, it, you can do that, but to just know that God's not finished yet. And, if I, and so when I hear people say 30 years, same city, churches, all of that, written books, I, I, I'm, thank you, thank you, thank you, that's amazing. But honestly, I look back and I think, boy, it really is just one step at a time. And it really is like, it really is just putting, you know, putting one foot in front of the other on days when you just didn't feel like you could. It really is trusting the Lord with all of your heart and don't lean to your own understanding. Like it's really, it really is. It really comes back to that. And so I want to encourage you through this, like in your, in your understanding of church life and your understanding of one another and your family, let, let's, let's be generous to each other. Let's be kind to one another. Let, 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 let's like not, let's not like, not like make it harder on each other. You don't know what somebody might be going through. Maybe you're at the top of the mountain, but maybe they're in the deepest, darkest valley. And, and it could flip, you know, a month from now. If we can all just say, you know, God's a good God. He's doing good things. 
for people like me and us. And life is not easy. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble, but, but be of good cheer because I've overcome it and you can too. And, and just keep the right perspective. Am I helping anybody? Just keep the right mindset. Because I told you about some of the gory details, or the, just not details, but I told you and, and admitted like there's battles, there's fights, there's really tough days. There's, um, on, the other, on the other side of it, I look back with so much gratitude that actually I have been... I didn't, I didn't know that was in me. I, I didn't know the church was in me. I didn't know the books. I didn't know the platforms I would be. I never knew. Like, I, I didn't know. I'm just, I'm just going one day at a time. And, and you're, you're just like me. Like, if you can just do what you're meant to do and not give up, you'll be amazed that over your lifetime how it accumulates into something amazing and something that is so rewarding in your life and in your future. So there's the test of small things. Test of small things. Uh, let's talk about that one. Basically the question is, can you handle, can you handle more? And that's basically with, with privilege comes responsibility. A lot of people want privilege, but they may not be ready for the responsibility that comes along with the privilege. And so if you're struggling to manage a small business, what would you do with a bigger one? If you are a young leader and you volunteer to lead a small group, and the group is struggling, and you know, parents have to make their kids come to your group. I don't know if you guys even do small groups, but it's a good example whether you do it or not. Um, why would your pastor want you to be the youth pastor? That makes sense. Small things. Everybody shout small things. Like, let's start with the fence post, David. Can you hit that fence post with a rock? Like, out on the side of the Judean hill, all the sheep, your father's wealth is now under your care. Can you hit a target? Now there's a bear. How are you going to handle the bear? The lion. Oh, wow, we're getting promoted now, again? Goliath. You just look at that guy's life, and you can see. He starts in kindergarten, and then he goes up through elementary, he graduates, he gets on to university, and he just keeps on, and he becomes the king. Leading men, leading soldiers, leading armies. But it doesn't happen. Big things don't come without going through small things. And handling the small opportunities. The Bible said, Jesus said, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. So it's not how heavy the load is, it's how you carry it. 
You might be strong enough to carry more, but not know how to carry more. And so you might have to start figuring out, how do I, how do I carry more? The motivation test is, are you doing the right thing for the right reason? so great that you're doing the right thing, but are you doing it for the right reasons? There's been countless times when, when I, as a pastor, have not felt appreciated, I haven't felt valued. Um, I've, it's, it, and, and I've grown to understand and believe that I really, I really think that sometimes compliments are withdrawn for a reason. And the slap on the back, the I love you, love you pastor, thank you for what you're doing, they're just like not there. Last week I had 42 of them, this week I got zero, you know, and I've come to believe that when there's a desert of encouragement, that that's time for, for me to get my motivation in the right place, that if I never get a compliment again, if I never get encouragement again, if I'm not really appreciated by people, I'm not doing it for people. I'm doing what I do for Him. And I think sometimes in life, we, we have to get back to that concept. Like Because people at church will just, it's easy, it, it, it gets twisted sometimes. It's like, you know, nobody has even said thank you for a while. Nobody has greeted me, hugged me. You know, they, I don't fit in over here. I don't fit in. And I'm just not going back to church. And, and, and you, it's like all of a sudden it's justified. But can I just offer a thought? That it's a test. It's a test. And when you go through desert, it's amazing when you break through. And then all of a sudden you got a hundred friends. Like again, you're like, where were you a month ago when I just needed one? You know, like you got all kinds of people wanting to hang out with you. But in that season where it's dry, something's going on. Are, are you tracking with me? There, there's something in process here. Heavenly development system. Making sure our motives are right and they stay right. I go to church regardless. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I serve whether I get a thank you or not. I'm at my place on my post serving. Amen? Another test, what's that, the, one, the credibility test. Can other people count on you, rely, you, rely on you, trust you to deliver on your promise? So, uh, help me out, Justin. Come on up. I just want to use a musician. You got a guitar? Like, grab that one. Um, Here's what credibility looks like is, and if you can apply this in other ways in your life, like first thing that I want to know about Justin as he's coming into the worship team is I want to know, can you actually play? It's, it's credibility, competence, competence is the first question of credibility. That's why you fill out, you know, you, fill, you put together a bio when you're looking for a job, right? 
what have you done, what's your experience, what's your competence level. Competence is, you know how to play? Yeah. Yeah? You're a great worship leader, but can you play? Can you sing? Okay? Second thing on credibility is personality. Why are they laughing? <laughs> you have a great personality as far as I'm concerned, man. I, you got a great personality. So we want to know, like, what we want to know is, like, like, are you, can we get along with you? Like, credibility for competence, credibility for personality, like, like when you walk in, does the room go dark? Or does it get a little brighter? If you have a reputation for the room going dark, it shouldn't surprise you when people aren't inviting you to the room. Like, I'll be gone tonight, I promise. You're going to have a great pastor who's just going to put his arms around you next weekend. I love you. Um, Third part of credibility, so we got competence, we got personality, and then we got character. We got character. So you're on schedule next weekend, you got to be at rehearsal this week. What night you have? Do you have rehearsal? Thursday? Thursday? Yep. Thursday night rehearsal. So we do that together for five weeks, and then all of a sudden, Justin's not there. Wonder what happened. Justin's been coming good for five weeks. And so we asked Justin later on, hey, you weren't there. You can't be on schedule this weekend. Yeah, I know. You know, something happened. Da, da, da. But I'll be there next week. Next week, Thursday comes around and Justin's not there again. Hey, what's up, Justin? Oh, man, I don't know, but can I sing this weekend? No. Can't. Why? It's just, we're just serving Jesus. I love, I love Jesus. Yeah, but you got some character struggles here. I can't count on you. I can't depend on you. i got to have people that we can depend on. I'm going to at least get a text. I'm going to get a phone call. Uh, there's some kind of explanation. That, that, so so we, now we just bumped into something. He's, he's got competence. He's got great personality. But character's a little bit messed up. So that's when it's like, okay, it's a test. It's a test. And I, and I say to him, look, man, you've got to do better than that. That can't, that doesn't happen. We've got to have dependability. You understand, right? Yep. Yep. So he walks away and he's like, he's right. I've got to do better. And then the next eight months, man, he's like, if he's missing, he's texting. He's calling. He's trustworthy. He's reliable. He's dependable. Now we got all three things going on for credibility. Does that make sense to you? And what's happening is testing, testing, testing. Getting in the place, getting in the space that sometimes we all get challenged in a way that maybe we're unaware even. We got blind spots going on until somebody points it out. And then that's your chance to pass the offense test. <laughs> and not be offended. 
while, while you're developing your credibility. Let's give Justin a great big hand. Thank you, man. Let's see if I can do one more. Do you have any you want me to do? Do you have any? Huh? <laughs> any you want me to do? Huh? Offense. Let's go for offense. Ooh. Wow. Give me a second. Yeah, I know, I know I got notes on it, but I got some better notes on it. Like, this book has been hanging around a while. So, has anybody ever been offended? I got to look at you when I ask, has anybody ever been offended? The rest of y'all are lying right now. Here's what I want you to understand. Jesus said offense will come. Jesus said many of you are going to be offended because of me tonight. So no matter who you are, where you come from, things are going to happen. And you're going to get offended. And it's going to happen to you. And this is not something that you can control. And when it happens, it doesn't mean you deserve it. But here's what I want you to understand. You can't help it that you get offended, but you can make a decision to not live offended. There's a difference in feeling offended. I like to, you, you've heard the saying, um, like getting offended is like <clears throat> drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. The person, the other person you're offended at. Uh, you drink the poison, you expect them to die. It's a great little picture of what happens with offense. Because we somehow think that, you know, when we're offended at somebody, and if we act in certain ways, we're going to show them, we're going to get... And what's really happening is that we're hurting ourselves. And the offense that we are carrying in our life is like, it's like poison. It's like a cancer that eats away on people. And messes up, really messes up our lives. So, in the recognition of this, here's how I like to say it. It's like getting that glass. Let's imagine this is, let's imagine this, this is poison. Right? You just, come on Isaiah, help me. Just, just, just stand for a minute. So Isaiah is handing me, he said something, it was a little bit rough, it was a little bit you know, straightforward, because he's Isaiah, right? He's like, get to the parking lot, man. Like, and, and he hands me the, the, the poison, okay? I feel it. I look at it. I tell a friend, that guy, you know that guy? That guy, yeah, he heads up the parking lot. Ministry. Yeah, well, you know what he said to me? Like, it wasn't cool. It was not cool the way he talked to me. Like, he, he, the way he talked to me was not right. It wasn't cool. And it's, it's all out here weaving its way around, weaving its way around. So, you can't help it that you feel offended. It's like somebody will always, people will always give you a big cup of offense. It will happen over and over and over and over again. But you can decide whether you drink it or not. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when you feel offended, make up your mind, I'm not going to live offended. Right. 
I'm going to pray over that feeling. I'm going to forgive that person. I'm going to push this out of my life. Not for their sake, but for my sake. And I am going to make it my goal. Thank you. I'm going to make it my goal. I'm going to make it my goal to be unoffendable. 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 The Bible says, blessed are those who know thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Whoa. That's a hefty play. I haven't got there yet. I'm not there yet. But that's my, that's my goal. My goal is to get to the point where I feel it, and every time I feel it, I am saying, nope, no thank you. And I've gotten a whole lot better. I don't know how, how you're doing on that. But I've gotten a whole lot stronger. I've gotten a whole lot better at that whole area in my life. But you do not, you can pass the test. You can realize it's only a test. It's only a test. It's not about them. It's about me. And I am not going to let myself get twisted and out of sorts and all messed up about something somebody said or something. You know, something funny I just thought about was uh, we were opening up a new campus and my wife was at that campus helping the core team and everybody there on the first day. And she's over there and, you know, my wife, she's like full of energy. She's Joel uh, on steroids. And so she's like, she's like walking around and commanding people, do this, do that. And so there's this, this guy standing in front of her like in a group. And they had prayer together, had their pre, pre-team huddle, pre-church huddle. And she just looks at people and she's like, what are you doing? And he looks at her and he's like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, grab, grab an orange vest. Get to the parking lot. Okay, he goes and grabs an orange vest, heads for the parking lot. <laughs> we found out after church, he was a guest. <laughs> it was his first time. Like, grab a vest, get to the parking lot. All right, let's go. He came back into the after church huddle and he gave good reports. He's like, he, she was like, what's the good reports? What's the wins today? And he told a story about some people that were leaving with their child and the child told her mom and dad, I want to come back here. I can't wait. Can we come back here next week? And that was his little story. And he's like all excited and it's his first time. <laughs> and I'm not talking about somebody who had a background of church either. I, this was a naive Northwestern, green on the gills, came with his girlfriend. And you know what? He became, he became our worship leader on that campus. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? But it's like, it's like, can you get through that? Like, can you get through that issue? Like, imagine if he had gone, you know, that lady, she just bossed me around. I, uh, what if he had just got out of sore? I ain't going back to that church. How different would his life be today? And I want you to grab hold of that. Because even to this day, like, we hung out with them last week. They got two little boys. 
that love the Lord. Like God's blessed their business and blessed their music. He's a great musician. He's a part of the worship. I mean, and you look at his life and you go, it could have all, if the enemy would have had his way, he would have never even come back a second time to church. Somebody shout, it's only a test. Say it again, it's only a test. How many of you believe in our best days are ahead? Now come on, I'm talking to you about you, your marriage, your family, and I'm talking about this church. How many of you believe our best days are ahead? Will anybody believe that with me? Come on, will anybody stand for that? Will anybody say yes in the name of Jesus? It's not about what's back there. It's about what is in front of me. The best is yet to come. Hey, Pastor, I know you're coming up here. Would you mind, though? I want to pray over you and Erica. Um, I, I, want, I want you to come back down here, if you don't mind. Because I, I, I wanted... I just wanted Sheila and, and some of the team, and I wanted our, our, you as a church. Like, six years of starting with nothing. And I know some of you were here earlier, but, and I don't know, maybe, maybe there's no way for you to understand. As a pastor, you know, pastors know, it's, it's like if you're an architect and you meet an architect, you know. You kind of, you guys know, like, you know, if you're a musician, you meet a, you, you know, if you're a dancer, you, you know, dancers get to, dancers know. Well, well, pastoring is the same thing. So when I come here and, and I talk to you about this, I, I mean this sincerely. Like, I, with all of my heart. I, remember I'm basically Isaiah. So I don't like just go around and, you know, try to score points by giving false accolades. With all of my heart, I, I, I looked at, at him and his brother, privately today and I said I'm so proud of you guys because I know where you came from and I know I know where you were at I know the small church I know the journey you went on and to see you today and God use you guys to come into this city and to see what's happened in six short years through your devotion and your commitment and your dedication I, I just thank God that we have these guys here in this city. And that, that may sound odd to you, but you know what? I'm, we're on the same team. That's the way I look at it. Like, like I'm going to go home and say, yeah, we're doing great things in Salt Lake City. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk that way. Like, just, we're doing great. Well, well, I haven't done really anything. I mean, you guys have, but it's like we are together. Amen? We are together in this. So, if you would stretch your hands out. Father, I thank you for this couple. I thank you, Lord, for all that they have done and that they're doing. And I thank you, God, for the strength that you have given them. I thank you for the miles that they have walked. I thank you, God, for the times whenever they have processed well and they have made decisions on behalf of the bigger picture on the kingdom of God to not take it personal. I thank you, God, for the times when they felt hurt and they decided not to stay hurt. I thank you for the times when they felt offended and they decided not to live offended. 
I thank you, God, for the test of small things and the, the way they worked through those small beginnings. When there was eight inches of snow on opening day and just a few people gathered, thank you, thank you, thank you, God, for all that they have gone through and everything that they have held their, high, their head high about. And now I pray, God, that there would be a new level of favor on their life, a new level of strength on their life. As we go into year number seven, I pray a new grace upon them to lead stronger, to lead higher, to lead better. Holy Spirit, will you, I pray, strengthen them from the morning hour to the midnight hour. I pray that they would sense and know your presence is with them. I pray in the name of Jesus that they would know they are surrounded, not just by the enemy, but we are surrounded by you. And God, that you've got us covered. And I thank you, Lord, for Pastor Erica. I thank you for her gifts. I thank you for the way you're using her. I thank you for Pastor Jason. I thank you, Lord, for the way that you're going to continue to use them to build your church in Salt Lake City and beyond. And we give you all the glory. All the glory. For thine is the kingdom. And yours is the power. And yours is the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's church said, Amen. I love you guys. I love you.